welcome once again to the Ebone Zone as I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 231st time on this Friday, May 7th, 2021. I hope you enjoy this week's episode where the cheese meets the crust. It seems that in the times we live, people get upset a lot over things that might not matter in the long run. Take fast food, for example. We know it's bad for us, and the silent majority don't care. But there's always someone that is a little bit unaware of the state of the American opinion on those greaseball Big Macs and mountainous masses of fries. That's where we land this week. We're not discussing fast food per se, but more of the frozen stuff. I guess the older generation would call these TV dinners, but I just call them bagel bites. You know the ones, the tiny pizzas that were an after-school treat for your kids and most likely you when you were their age. Yeah, apparently people are waking up to the fact that they aren't that good for you. Let's dive in. A woman in Wisconsin is suing Kraft Heinz for fraud after they reached what amounts to fraud in her eyes. Check this out. She's suing because of fake cheese. She says the term mozzarella cheese is misleading because the cheese that Kraft Heinz uses is technically a blend of cheese and other ingredients. Those other ingredients are supposedly fillers with names I can't pronounce, and the bagels only contain a percentage of actual cheese, which ruffles some feathers considering the clientele. Think about it. This woman is from Wisconsin. The people up there don't mess around when it comes to Munster. They don't act a fool when it comes to feta. They don't miscalculate in terms of mozzarella, and they certainly don't cut corners when it comes to cheddar. Oh, I could go all day. They're called cheeseheads for a reason, folks. She claims in the lawsuit that no real cheese blend contains added starch, especially real mozzarella. See, I told you they were serious, and it seems pretty airtight to me. Apparently, this is a mess with the bull you get the horns type situation because she goes on to tell the company to stop lying to people and call the stuff in Bagel Bites what it is. Imitation cheese. She's also got a bone to pick with the sauce. That's an entirely different ballgame, but we'll get going on it anyway. She says the sauce isn't authentic, and it contains modified cornstarch. She even tried to bring that case to New York, but threw it out because of the massive significance the dairy industry has in Wisconsin. With that being said, though, I do think this is a really good move to bring the case over into a more cheese-centric state. Seriously, Plymouth, Wisconsin is the cheese capital of the world, according to most people. I'll have a link to that in the description if you're curious, but I think this could provide a more favorable outcome because think about it. This company has been advertising real cheese in their bagel bites for I don't know how long, and now this woman has figured out that that is in fact not true And she brings it to the big boys. She brings it to Wisconsin. So now they know that she's not messing around. There might be a better chance of her getting what she wants from Bagel Bites and from Kraft Heinz. But still, I'm a little shocked here because I doubt people who are eating Bagel Bites are looking for authenticity. But hey, to each their own, I guess. This week, I want to continue a tradition that's very close to my heart. I try and offer a good Christian podcast, so I thought I would begin sharing a new Bible verse each week. This week, I would like to share a verse from the book of Luke. Luke chapter 12, verse 27 says, Consider the lilies, how they grow. 
They toil not, they spin not, and yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I'm actually in the middle of a devotional about Luke and Acts, and this part about God caring for the lilies really stuck out for me. That demonstrates God's love toward us, I feel. Notice that Jesus said God cares for the lilies, and also in this book of Luke, chapter 12, he says God cares for the sparrows as well, and they don't have work or responsibilities. The lilies don't find their own food, but notice that God still feeds them, and they don't have a home, but God still shelters them. They don't have near as much as we have, but God still cares for them. And why do we think that we are too far from him? No matter where we go or what we do, God cares for us, and we should be able to rest in that. God will never abandon us. He said so in his word, and he will always look out for us. He cares for us more than we ever know, and I think that that is something that we can abide in. I think that is something that we should be able to take confidence in and rest in. When we don't know where to turn, let's just turn to God because he cares for us. He's looking out for you, friend. Rest in that today. As we know, sometimes the internet can be a pretty cool place. Other times, well, not so much. That's why I decided to take it upon myself to dive back into the depths of Twitter and see which side of the coin we're presented with this week. This week's hashtag is make a movie geographical. Hmm, that should be interesting. The first response of four is, Oceans, where art thou? This is a reference to, Oh brother, where art thou? And, I've got to say, that's a really good movie. I've watched it numerous times, and it's always been one of my favorites. Interesting fact for you as well, this movie was based on the Odyssey, even though the directors, the Coen brothers, never actually read it. Tim Blake Nelson read it twice while attending Brown University, before they asked him to play Delmar, though. The Coens sent Nelson the script and asked him for advice, and the two used the comic book version of Homer's epic when writing their script. I just found that interesting and thought it was kind of cool. I thought I'd share it with you. Up next, the second response of four is Wizard of Australia. Now, this is obviously an offshot of the Wizard of Oz. And I will tell you that the Cowardly Lion, for some reason, was always my favorite. I have no idea why, but this lion had something special. I don't know if it was because I was scared of everything as a child and I could relate, or he thought he was more courageous than he was, and he tried to project a tough exterior, and I sort of accepted that into my own personality. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of strange. Also, I was watching it the other day, and I have no idea how I missed the fact that when they show the actual characters' faces, that they look like the characters, like the Scarecrow and the Cowardly Lion and the Tin Man from Dorothy's Dream. Oh yeah, spoiler by the way, it was all a dream. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. But back to what I was saying, I don't know how in the world I didn't grasp the fact that the Scarecrow, the Cowardly Lion, and the Tin Man all were inspired by people who were in Dorothy's life. Even the supposed wizard! Even the dude that was just pulling levers behind a curtain! He was actually a real person in Dorothy's life. I have no idea how this flew over my head for so many years. The third response reads, Batman Begins Climbing Mount Everest. Now, if you're a fan of superhero movies, especially DC canon movies, you'll know exactly what this movie reference is. Batman Begins. 
Now, we could go on all day about what the best Batman movie is. There's the Christopher Nolan Batman films, the Tim Burton Batman films, the Joel Schumacher Batman films, and the Jokers in each individual Batman series are a different story. You've got Jack Nicholson, you've got Heath Ledger, and then you've got some fringe jokers like Cesar Romero and Jared Leto. There are people on the internet, and not to mention everywhere else in the corners of this big blue marble that we live on that will go to battle for their favorite joker. I'll even link a few forums in the description if you're curious, because it gets intense, and it's something you need to see for yourself. And the last response is Fantastic Equator. Now, in any other situation, I wouldn't be fickle about the pronunciation. I really wouldn't care. But in the case of this, I would say that Equator is more pronounced as Equator to mimic the last word of the title of the movie that this is actually having roots in, Fantastic Four. And that being said, the same as The Wizard of Oz, with this movie, I had a favorite. My favorite in The Wizard of Oz, as I discussed earlier, was The Cowardly Lion. And my favorite here was Mr. Fantastic, otherwise known as Reed Richards. I have no idea why, but I think the fact that he could stretch really far and also he was really smart. Okay, I have no idea why he was my favorite, but I do know why I liked the second character I liked. A close second to Mr. Fantastic was Johnny Storm or the Human Torch. I just liked fire as a kid. Okay, maybe that's not the only reason. Maybe it was because he was really popular and had a lot of cool cars. I think it's a mix of the two, most likely. Does anyone remember hoverboards? They were called revolutionary because they blew up around the time that Back to the Future Day happened, when in reality they were no different than skateboards, except for the fact that they had two less wheels and required less effort to move. Off the back of that, let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered what happens when hoverboards and medical tasks meet? Well, if you have, I can tell you. Jail time. I've never been a dentist and have never ridden a hoverboard. Okay, hold on a second. I hate to interrupt, but you just said they weren't hoverboards, so why are you calling them that? You know what? Good point. What I meant to say was I've never ridden a two-wheeled skateboard. But this one dentist can't say the same because he performed a tooth extraction while riding one. That has bad decision written all over it, if you ask me. I wonder if he's ever done this with cleanings as well. I realize I might not be doing you too many favors by putting this image in your mind, but imagine the scraping. I mean, seriously, keep in mind I'm already paranoid enough that there's a sharp object in my mouth and I'm worried if one of us sneezes I'll end up hooked through the cheek like a trophy catfish, but this takes it to a whole new level. This dude was convicted on 46 counts of felony and misdemeanor conduct, including two kinds of fraud and reckless endangerment. I don't really know if I can justify this. I usually try and say... Hear me out. Maybe there was a reason for it. Sort of half sarcastically, but this is... This is something I can't even brush off. I don't even know why he thought it was a good idea. And I realize some might say it's cool that the dentist is trying to be hip and get in with the cool kids. But I don't agree. If I'm in the chair, I want a dentist just as anchored to the floor as I am. I know, call me crazy, but that just seems better for your health. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. 
Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.